This episode of Getting to the Truth in This Art is brought to you by Charmington Holistics. If you're like me, you realize that now more than ever, it's important to have your wellness in check. That's where Charmington Holistics tonics come in hand. Charmington Holistics tonics contain a combination of nutrient-packed superfoods with herbal support and are meant to be enjoyed daily. These tonics are good and good for you. They can be enjoyed in a variety of beverages from coffee to cocktails. My favorite is Tummy, which contains turmeric and tastes just like root beer. These tonics are a wonderful way to add extra herbal support and nutrition into your diet. Head on over to the Best Little Herb Shops Instagram today at Charmington Holistics. What's shaking cats and kittens? I'm Rob Lee from Getting to the Truth in this Art. And this podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Bazaar. Bazaar is a gift shop for those seeking the strange and unusual. Got morbid curiosity? Got an interest in natural history? Bazaar's got you covered. Bazaar specializes in antique medical equipment, jewelry, prints, funerary antiques, and many other morbid gifts. Their inventory is ever-changing. I'm wearing a great death's head moth pin, and I'm enjoying this hand-poured candle called Overgrown Cemetery. It's great. It has the studio smelling awesome. Head on over to 3534 Chestnut Avenue in Baltimore, Sinan Hamden neighborhood, and see what they got to offer at Bazaar. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today's guest is a fine art oil painter, gallery owner, entrepreneur, community activist, the owner of Night Owl Gallery, Beth Ann Wilson. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Rob. Thank you for having me. It is a honor to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you for, for coming on to the show. And yes, it is an honor. I'm going to start telling people that it's an honor to be on this podcast. <laughs> I got to let some of my smug... I've noticed that when people listen to my other podcasts and they listen to this one, it's like, oh, you're like a docile, like kitten on this one. The other ones, you're just like a heel. It's like, eh. You know, let it, let it loose. Let it rip. It's got to be, you know, have a crossover appeal, you know, just got to get the people yeah, what they want. For sure. For sure. So I, um, I was, I, I came across um, your Instagram and then I initially like reached out and then I had uh, Michelle McHugh on and she yeah. was like, you definitely have to reach out. Oh, and I was like, Michelle's all right, girl. let's yeah. do this. <laughs> so yeah, we're like lady, lady beer nerds together, you know, and um, my husband, my husband is in the world of brewing as well. He works at um, Oliver Brewing Company. So we're all kind of, you know, all the, all the beer geeks, you know, we're all kind of, you know, family in like a weird way, you know, yeah. and um yeah, Michelle, Michelle, Michelle's awesome and super talented. And I'm, I, I can't believe she like recommended me. I'm like really flattered. <laughs> it was, it was a great chat. Um, and, uh, like I said earlier, before we got started that I'm a coffee snob and a beer snob. So we may have to trade notes a little bit later, but, um, be- sure. before I get too far into those weeds, um, so I, I give a really general view of what one's background is, but I like to let the guests really cover it. So share your background and what your current practice looks like. Sure. Um, yeah. So um, I went to MICA, majored in painting, graduated in 2005. Um, kind of have had uh, an up and down love-hate relationship with painting like over the years, just in terms of, you know, trying to make a career of it. Um, you know, I've done different things from working in the world of decorative painting, you know, like faux finishes and murals and that kind of stuff to, um, you know, I, um, when I was still in college, I interned at a gallery, um, actually here in Highland town. And that's like one of my Highland town connections. Um, but, uh, 
um, got involved in the world of uh, restaurants and bartending after the um, the real estate market crash in like 2008. You know, so I was like pretty hot and heavy with doing decorative painting, mm-hmm. but that. Uh, that all kind of went the way of the dodo um, around the time that, you know, everybody like lost a bunch of money in, you know, like their, all of their investments and real estate, you know, kind of took a nosedive, you know, so people weren't, um, you know, having their, their columns marbleized, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like that kind of stuff anymore. So like, ah, I uh, need to make money. (laughs) What do I do? You know, it's like, you know, painting in and of itself, like, you know, doing commissions and, you know, pet portraits and all that kind of stuff was really, you know, kind of hadn't really taken, taken off for me. Um, yeah, you know, I wasn't, wasn't really finding clients, um, the way that I had hoped, you know, again, you know, it was kind of like this whole, um, financial crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, the gallery that I was interning at was a place called Scavoni Fine Art. Um, Dan Scavoni and his wife, um, Liz Lipinski, they were like some of the uh, founding members of their creative alliance, like, you know, 25, 30 years ago um, back then. And they were running this art gallery. He had also kind of been involved in uh, bartending, like in Bell's Point and, you know, his like you know, mentor advice to me was, Hey, if you want to like, you know, make some money, you, you know, to try bartending. Cause, um, you know, people always want to drink, <laughs> you know, the truth? <laughs> yeah. I am. We, we have found that out during this pandemic. Right. <laughs> yep. So times are good. You drink times are bad. You drink, you know? So, um, uh, Dan introduced me to, um, the owner of a bar called the laughing pint, um, mm-hmm. also here in Highland town, and um kind of hit it off and uh you know the rest is history that was kind of like my um introduction into um the world of uh hospitality uh, the industry so to speak and um why i'm kind of like giving you all that background is that you know so i was bartending and um you know had been like waiting tables and eventually worked my way um, you know, you know, climb the ladder to, you know, <laughs> as they say, and, you know, um, in, in different restaurants, like over the years, you know, this was probably over the course of like 10 years, all kind of doing art, like on the side. Um, and I kind of found my, I found myself in a, um, pretty stressful management posi- position, um, restaurant management, ma- management. I don't know why I can't, I can't get that out. Rest restaurant management position. It's a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a tongue twister. Um, And I was just kind of like at the end of my rope, like I was working super long hours, burnt out, um, you know, and uh, finally I just, I was just like, you know, I I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I really, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I, I, um, I just wasn't enjoying it. So I kind of just like, I was like, I'm done. I put my, put my two weeks notice in and I was like, um, thank you for this opportunity, but, uh, turns out this isn't for me. (laughs) So, So, um, luckily, you know, I have been working at, uh, this awesome, uh, little corner bar called Mahaffey's pub. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, before I went into man, you know, management and all that, and I kind of, you know, got on my hands and knees and 
crawled back and groveled <laughs> a little bit for my, my, my bartending job back. I was like, please let me just be a lowly bartender. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's so much less stress. And I love like chatting with people and like engaging, um, engaging with people. And it was a beer bar and, you know, we talked about the beer, beer nerd thing. So yeah. it was like definitely more up my alley. And, um, so I was like, just like, like immediately, like so much more, so much happier. And, um, you know, I'd kind of like attempted to, um, you know, reconnect with, um, the, the world of art and sign up for different, like local, like email lists and, um, uh, newsletters, that kind of thing. And, uh, one day I was, you know, laying in bed next to my husband and I got a, uh, email from Highland town gallery and it was a normal call for artists, mm -hmm. um, opportunities, upcoming exhibitions, that kind of stuff. And then at the bottom of the email, there was a, um, you know, storefront for rent ad. Yeah. So to make a very, very long story, even longer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. I, it's I, uh, you know, I, I went down, I was like, uh, I, I signed the lease the next day. I was like, I don't know. I don't really know what I'm doing. I just like, I felt like this was kind of like, I needed that like commitment to mm -hmm. like doing something. And I'm like, if I sign a lease on a, on a space, kind of like with the idea of having like a gallery type, you know, a place to show my art mm -hmm. in mind, I was like, let's do this. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? You know, I can give three months notice or whatever. And, you know, it was it, like, shit became real when like, you know, I cleaned out my savings <laughs> to pay the person last month. It gets very what? real when that happens. It's like, Oh, and zero. <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? But, um, but yeah, so, so, I guess, uh, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, the gallery, I kind of like, didn't totally have like a plan, like in the beginning, but once, once things kind of got rolling, you know, I was like, you know, I want to have, I want to have workshops and I want to, um, you know, have like these, um, you know, have like some live music and I want to have artist demos and I want to have, um, you know, gallery talks and meet the artists and like those kind of things. So over the past five years, that's kind of what Night Owl Gallery has evolved into is, um, you know, yes, of course, it's still the, <laughs> the showcase for my art that I had like originally intended it to be. Um, but, um, you know, I've also have have had the privilege of showing, um, you know, not just emerging artists, but, you know, some more, um, more established artists, um, work, um, you know, over, over the years and, um, have uh, night owl gallery has been a little bit of, um, kind of like a, like a launch pad for, sure. for some of their, um, some of their endeavors, you know, I don't want to say like their career is like at large, but, you know, kind of, um, helps give people, you know, some folks the confidence that they, that they need to, um, get their art out there more in the world. Yes. I think some, sometimes artists or we as artists, um, and you've probably experienced this too, doing what you do is that like, sometimes you just, you're, you're like, ah, like I'm doing this, I'm doing this, but what am I, what am I doing? Like, you know, do people like this? Does it matter if they like this? Do you, you know, like you have like you, almost like, um, I don't know. You just kind of need somebody to give you a little gentle 
Well, push. <laughs> well, I'll say this. Can't relate. No, <laughs> no, actually, it's soul crushing. It is soul crushing when you're out there trying to um, you, you, you want to say you're not doing it for other people to see it. And you you just want to figure out how to find your space and how to get your stuff out there. But ultimately, we would all just have like galleries or a place to just have our stuff if it's only for us. So you want people to kind of engage with it to some degree. It feels right, nice right. to say like, yeah. oh, wow, that's a great response. Or someone yeah. really liked this episode yeah. or, or whatever yeah. it is that you're, yeah. you're looking for out of it. We're not, on, we're not only doing it for ourselves, I, at least I think. And in yeah. some of the conversations I've heard, I've had, it's been a lot of that. Like, yes, yeah, it's, it's good to hear when people like my stuff or it's good to see my yeah. stuff out it, there with it, other great it's, artists. It's validation, it, yes. you know, it's validation, but it also, um, it also gives you some credibility too, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, you know, a degree of like, uh, you know, trustworthiness, it makes you, it makes you an authority in your field, you know, or as somebody that can be, you know, looked to, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, as I was talking about before, I'm, I was just a guy that was just doing a weekly comedy news podcast. And when I started doing this and yeah. really putting it out there and, and having a message that's one authentic and that, that's real, like I yeah. wouldn't be doing this, sh this, this podcast. And I remember early on and kind of formatting like what I was going to do for the second season. Cause I only wanted to, well, what I was going to do for this third season, I only wanted to do 10 episodes and I'm like recording. I don't know which episode this is at this point. The <laughs> math doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Numbers mean yeah. nothing. And, um, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. And as I continue and kind of format it in a way that is congruent with what I value and still doing things that make sense for the, the mission I'm trying to accomplish here, yeah. People notice and suddenly that authenticity is 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 appreciated and is shown in different ways, such as yeah. being attached to um a board, being a part of like an artist cohort or what have you. Yeah. And I've got yeah, that from sure. doing this podcast and some of some of that like outsider kind of like, huh, am I faking this? Do I belong here? Like I'm just talking on a microphone. Know, it's a little bit of that what they call that like the imposter syndrome. You're like, yeah. uh, what? It's like I didn't edit that episode that went out. <laughs> so Let's talk about your art a little bit. Sure, um, yeah. Well, actually a lot. Uh, so I got questions and I want, I want to hit off of this early one. Um, sure. So within your artwork, could you describe a real life situation that had, no, actually just, can you describe a real life situation that has inspired some of the work that you do? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, well, you know, like I was, I was kind of like thinking on this a little bit, you know, uh, and, uh, where, where I draw inspiration from, um, it's kind of like actually what we were just talking about. It's kind of like, so you start doing something. And, um, for me, like, I, I really love painting portraits. It's like, it's like one of my favorite things is, you know, one of my favorite things to do. And, um, over time, you know, I, I started, you know, cause I have my work that I do. That's like work that I do for me. And then I have work, you know, I, I also take on commissions where I do, um, you know, family portraits or, you know, somebody's dog, you know, like that yeah. kind of stuff, you know? Um, so I, I like to balance my commissions out with, you know, stuff that I, you know, personal projects that I do for myself. Mm -hmm. So I started, um, you know, kind of just actually, um, looking at like stock photography for, for, infor, uh, for inspiration. Um, I'm not a very good photographer. <laughs> so, 
point guy would try to take my own reference photos and they're always just like, you know, um, bad. <laughs> so, you can't have all the talents. <laughs> you, you really, yeah. You know, so, um, that was, um, you know, God did not give me with, uh, you know, a knack for photography. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'd like skim through like some, you know, stock photography and I kind of just like, you know, scan for things that I'm like, Oh, like that would be fun to paint, you know, or it would just be like, you know, cool, like color juxtapositions, you know, mainly, you know, kind of focusing on, um, um, I love, I love painting portraits. I love painting portraits of women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that I just love like embracing like femininity and, you know, um, all different shapes and sizes, body paws, like all that kind of stuff too. So, uh, so I started doing these portraits and, um, I came across this one in particular that it was a woman. And I think, I don't know, it was like a blog post or something, fashion blog. And it was a woman just like standing in front of like a wall of graffiti. You know, it's pretty, you know, it's kind of cliche. Like you see stuff like that, especially, you know, here in Baltimore, graffiti alley, like everybody goes right. to graffiti alley to like take their picture, you know? Um, and I just had, I was like, i I want to paint this and I want to paint this really big. And I just had like so much fun painting it because it was like, it was so colorful. Um, but it, there were, there was also a lot of like abstraction to it. Um, so I was kind of, you know, I got to have like the, the satisfaction of like painting a portrait and, um, realizing a likeness, um, which, which I generally strive for when I'm painting portraits portraits you know like people especially when with commissions you know they want the picture to look like them (laughs) i mean i would never want the picture to look like me (laughs) exactly yeah you don't want to like you know you can't really you know fudge that too much you know so that's something that like i enjoy is kind of like nailing you know nailing a likeness it's like how can you know how can i um kind of distill that and how can i you know portray a person with with paint you know it's kind Mm -hmm. of you know it gets compared to like, you know, painting is compared to alchemy a lot, you know, and that's kind of like, you know, it's goofy cliche, but you know, it's kind of what it is. It's like a magic thing. So I started, um, kind of looking for more, uh, reference photos that were like along those lines, like, uh, somebody posing like kind of like in front of graffiti. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, you know, I, you know, worked on like this whole series that was, that was like this, um, you know, maybe did like 10 different paintings. I called them my graffiti girls. And, <laughs> and what that has like, kind of like, um, you know, evolved into. And I guess when you talk about like finding inspiration, you know, so of course I'm inspired by, um, you know, street art, by pop art and, um, what I have, I'm kind of like in the beginning stages of like starting to do, which I think is like kind of like really fun and exciting is, um, taking like all of these different elements, you know, um, and using the computer as a tool to make these like really crazy kind of chaotic digital collages. Mm -hmm. And then from that, from those digital collages, um, using those as references for paintings. Um, so, um, you know, I, um, I actually, I worked with a client on, um, doing these, like these two, two pieces that were kind of like, um, 
I don't know, I call them like pivotal pieces where it's like, you know, it's, it's something that you do. And I'm, I'm sure that like, you've encountered this also like in doing what you do, where it's like something that like, it's a little bit different and it's different enough that you're like, I want to go in like this other direction. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, I was working with this, like, uh, you know, amazing client that he's kind of just like, this is like my overall idea, you know, and just like kind of roll with it. And so, um, you know, I made these like two, just like really kind of like crazy street art, psychedelic kind of, um, uh, portraits and our, and, and that is kind of like what led me you know, down this path. So, um, you know, and, you know, also like inspired that somebody would like trust me to, to even do that. Like, you know, here's like, you know, this very loose parameter, just do it. (laughs) That's that's how it is sometimes. Like when I, when I go into a barbershop and I literally, I'm just getting a one all the time, just hair just cropped low as possible. And He's like, what do you want me to do with the beard? I was like, dealer's choice. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you, you need somebody me. else to like, kind of just like, be like, uh, take the wheel. What? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, give me three verbs, if you can, because some people can't do this. Three verbs that you would use to describe your artwork or that have been used to describe your artwork. Yes. Okay. So the first one, that always like pops in my mind is kind of like a funny one. If you're not in like the artosphere. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, my paintings, they're, um, they're painterly. And yeah. so, so like a lot of people, when they hear this word, they're like, well, what does that mean? It's like, it's a painting, you know, but like not every painting is painterly, you know, basically what's meant by that is that like, you can, you still see, the the element of paint you still see what makes the you still see like the brushstrokes you still see what makes it a painting you know so it's more kind of focused on um you know uh dabs or like you know fields and swipes of paint Mm -hmm. then you know being more like linear and like blended out like softened kind of thing so i'd say yeah first and foremost my paintings they're they're painterly (laughs) (laughs) um but uh you know i'd also say um you know they're especially now you know of course like you know my art has like evolved over you know i mean my what 15 or so years as as a as a painter you know i'd say uh vibrant colorful Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bolds, like those are all words that I would use to, um, describe my, my, my personal work, you know, the, the work that I work on now, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. That's, that, that works for me. And I've, I've heard the term painterly before, ironically, not about paintings. Uh, I've heard it about like cinematography and I've heard it about oh, like, films. Sure, it's like, oh yeah. yeah it's done yeah. with a very painterly approach. It's like, Hmm. Yeah. And I was like, what yeah. do you mean by that? And I was like, oh, I get what you're saying now. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. You know, it's, there's definitely, you know, um, you know, it, it kind of defines itself in, um, you know, composition. And, but, but I think mainly what it refers to is like the, the, the quality of like the brushstrokes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So you, you touched on one of the tools, I believe, earlier with uh, the computer for that, that using using the computer previously. Yeah. What, are, yeah. what would you say your most important tool is as an artist? And is there something that you cannot live with out in your studio? Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, most important tool. So aside from, you know, the obvious, because like I was thinking about talent. it. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> well, I was talking with my husband and he's like, he points to his head. He's like, brains. <laughs> I'm like, all right, grandpa. <laughs> you know, so like aside from the obvious, like um, paint and a paintbrush, you know. Well, yeah. Um, I have this little, this little tool this is called a, a tube ringer. I'm okay. in my studio right now and I know we're on a podcast and nobody can see this, but this is um, an amazing tool. It's, you can actually buy them pretty cheap at like a, like beauty supply stores. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they also have them at art supply stores and on Amazon. Um, they're 25 to 30 bucks. They are amazing for two things. When you paint in oils, a lot of times, I, I lose all the caps. I like, like the caps just do not stay on (laughs) the tubes of paint. So what happens is like the, the, the tube of paint gets a little skin on, Mm -hmm. on the opening. And sometimes it could be like pretty hard to like bust through. So I'll have to take like a little, like a a push pin or, um, you know, like a little nail or something to kind of just like, you know, it's almost like when you, um, when you're using caulk for the first time, you know what I'm talking about? So, so I'll do that. And then if you're, if you're having like a really hard time with it, the tube ringer, you know, it helps to like squeeze. The Got it. Off. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then also the further down that you get, you know, the harder that the, the, the paint can be to squeeze out. So the tube ringer will like literally ring out like that last little drop of paint. And, you know, if we're like, we're starving artists, right? Like yes. we don't have the luxury of like leaving like that last like teaspoon of paint, <laughs> especially, you know, for, you know, for oil paints, you know, if you're spending $50 on like a tube of like cobalt blue, you don't want to, you don't want to leave any of that on the table. No. So, so, um, that is also, that's also like my, my budget friendly, like save some money. <laughs> when yeah. that stimmy hits, get it, that cobalt blue. Yes, exactly. <laughs> cobalt blue, get a tube ringer. And, um, I've literally had this one. I bought it in high school, so oh, I'm not wow. going to tell you how old I am, but it's been a long time. <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things. I still have my original. Actually, I'm recording using it right now. My original mixer from 2009. You know, something still works. You buy, for, you buy for life. You know, yeah. it's a good investment, right? It was a great like 99 bucks. It's a fast track pro. They don't make them anymore. And I see knockoff versions of it. And like this M audio still works a decade plus in. And I know how to use it better than I knew how to then. And in my studio currently i have like three different types of mixers but this small ultimately cheaper version still probably works the best for doing something like this i love that yeah i I love stuff like that where it's like you know something that is you know it's like this cheapy thing that you bought you know whatever and it does like a much better job than anything you could probably ever buy now yeah um let's see oh yeah yeah, oh so uh you were gonna say that the thing i can't really that i can't live without. And I mean, this is probably, you know, uh, brings it full circle, but, um, while I'm painting, um, audiobooks and podcasts, like an advertisement. 
I need them. See, the shameless plug is at the end of this, (laughs) but I appreciate it nonetheless. (laughs) So, um, word to the wise painter friends. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to the dulcet tones of Rob Lee on getting to the truth in his art. (laughs) This is actually my first shameless plug on my own podcast. That says a lot. Love it. Yeah, I think even when I'm doing my stuff, like I I did some of the administrative kind of stuff, like going to the blog posts and updating and adding episodes and all of that stuff. I just have like either classical music playing jazz, something with no lyrics that I can just when you or even electronic, just something that's moving fast. Like like I'll listen to like more of a bop oriented jazz, like like long Charles Mangus tracks. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, for sure, for sure. I'm, gonna kick yeah, something I mean, over. Yeah, I'm the same way, like doing blog posts or like updating my website, like all of that. Yeah. Like the, the admin mm-hmm. stuff, the, uh, you know, like for sure, like definitely need some music, definitely need like an undercurrent, something to kind of like keep it going. But when mm-hmm. I, um, but when I'm painting, um, you know, I, I used to listen to music, um, but I find that I really just like enjoy, you know, um, you know, hearing, hearing people talk, you know, and kind of like being able to kind of like zone out and kind of like focus on something, you know, it's kind of, it's almost like it takes like a part of your conscious mm-hmm. consciousness away so that almost so that I'm like not focusing too much on the painting. Like it kind of, it's, it's like, you kind of go on like on autopilot a little bit. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. So yeah, I do that in the morning, and it was part of this 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 cohort I was in. I'm in rather uh, scale your passion, and we were talking about just you know you, you talk with other creatives and what their process looks like and what they're doing mm-hmm. and where they're at as a uh, creative entrepreneur. And it was one of these things of having like what your your flow is during the course of the day, and mine's generally. And because I've been doing it the entire pandemic, I get up <laughs> in the morning. I take like a 40 to 70 minute walk. I get coffee during this walk. And generally I'm listening to another, I'm listening to podcasts and I'm either taking something from it or I'm learning something. And I try to distill at least my philosophy around like this medium or what have you. It's either informative, entertaining or somewhere in the middle or what have you. And it turns out I, I, I enjoy like minutia and trivia and things like that. So I'll listen to lore. I'll listen to that. And it's like, oh, this is great. These people died in this way. Fantastic. Let's get lore it. Lore is like one of my favorites. <laughs> and I've ripped off so much stuff that he does because everything in podcasting is just a rip off. We're all like Roy Lichtenstein. It's great. It's just like, let's just replicate everything. It's all been done before, baby. Like that's a, the same thing in art. You know, it's like the whole, it's a whole conversation or how can, you know, what can I do that's like new or creative or, you know, it, it's all been done the, before. The it's personality. It's all been done before. My opinion is the the personality with it is what makes it different. I think like you can talk about all the same stuff. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing. (laughs) So I got a few more questions before we wrap up. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to skip that one because I don't like it anymore. I think you already answered it anyway. Uh, So what is your, your dream project? Describe your dream project. You know, I almost like don't want to because (laughs) Oh, okay. No, I'm, I'm kidding. You take the cop out no. living it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like um my 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 dream project and like like long like long term, you know, would be I would absolutely love to have like an artist retreat bed and breakfast. Mm. 
where, um, you know, folks can go. So my husband's a musician, Okay. you know, in addition to, you know, his life, his brewery life, you know, he's yeah. also a musician. So, um, you know, we've, we've always talked about, um, you know, having a place that, you know, could be, you know, a place like, I don't know, like in, in the woods or like by the beach or like something like that, where folks can go and even if they're not like artists per se, but, uh, have dabbling in the arts be facilitated. And, you know, there were, you know, if there would be like this holistic approach where, you know, we could do, uh, you know, do yoga and we, you know, cook for you and, um, you know, do, do that whole, you know, kind of immersive, you know, change your lifestyle kind of, kind of thing, you know, so that would, that would be like the dream, but, um, but I don't know. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, as goofy as it sounds, I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky that, you know, I get to work on my dream project like every day, you know, it's like, I, I wake up and, um, you know, I, I can, I can paint and that's always, that's like what I wanted to do when I was like a little kid. Like people would ask me like, what do you want to do when you grow up little Beth? And I'll be like, (laughs) I want to be a gallery artist. Like, what does that mean? Like, how, like what? <laughs> like this little kid. Like, I don't know. I just like, I always thought that like, you know, um, I just, I always wanted to be an artist and there was always like this appeal about like, um, galleries, which I think a, a lot of, a lot of artists kind of like, you know, fantasize about. Out. I'll raise you since, since you shared yours and you had some trepidation around sharing. I'll share mine. I've never said it on a podcast before. Oh, yeah. No, please. No, I'm dying. So, you know, back in the day when they were saying, hey, Big Rob, not hey, Little Rob, because it was never really little. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like, what do you want to be? I was like, I want to be an astronaut, like doctor or something. It's like, I don't know if that's the case. But I was like, I always wanted to create something or be in a spot where I'm able to collaborate and and work with others. And again, going to this other like um, competing interest and kind of seeing things, I'm a problem solver. That's what I do naturally. Data sure. analyst, that's yeah. what I do. So <laughs> I see all of these abandoned churches. I would like mm-hmm. to convert one of the churches into a full integrated podcast studio. Yeah. pod. I love that. So that's literally yes. what the idea is. <laughs> and they probably have oh, great acoustics in these churches. Yeah. Almost like that idea oh. of how, um, well, so it's beer, right? Um, right. A ministry of brewing. Ministry. Have you. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they really need to respond back to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, that's what I'm, what I'm thinking. And I've, you're, you're like the second person I've told this to. Wow. Yeah, no, I think that's brilliant. We have yeah. to make this happen. Absolutely. It's a lot of empty churches here and it's yeah. like, they're there. They has to be some good juju going on there. So let's just use it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Harness it. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Cause I'm already like dating a witch. So might as well take advantage of all of the stuff. Yeah. That's right. Got to uh-huh. have her wheel her nose. <laughs> I mean, we had to do this thing once. I was like, yo, am I evil? And she's like, what do you mean? She was like, I would know this. I was like, all right, cool. I'll put that Ouija board down. Uh, so the, the last few questions I have, um, I, I want you to put your, um, in the last few minutes we have too, I want you to put your um, gallerist hat on. I don't know if that's the word. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> what, what would be like paramount or pinnacle advice you would give to an emerging artist who wants to get their work in a gallery, like let's say like in your gallery for sake of argument. Sure. Um, 
So uh, my first uh, word of advice on that is that the art world is changing. It has changed. Um, you don't need a gallery to sell your art. Um, and I know this is, um, you know, it's a little bit of, um, like counterintuitive for me to say, to say that to you as like a gallerist, (laughs) but, um, one of the reasons that I started my gallery was to sell my work because I, was getting so many doors shut in my face. (laughs) So, you know, I had, you know, I had this idea as as a young artist that like, you know, to be successful, you know, as an artist, you have to have your work in galleries. And Mm -hmm. that is just not the case anymore. Um, You know, galleries do serve the community. They do have their, their place. They are absolutely, I think, essential in the world of art, like right now, like as it stands. But um, my advice to younger and emerging artists is that don't get hung up on valuing your art on whether or not it is in a gallery. There are plenty of um, alternative spaces to show your work, and there, and not to mention, um, you know, the the internet. You know, and I know that it can be tricky to. Um, you know, build an audience online, um, for your, for your work and, and for making sales. Um, but, um, it's getting easier every day, like, yeah. especially like during, during the pandemic, you know, people are, you know, there, there are clients that are out there. There's money to be, there's money to be made. Um, but if you, if, you know, being in a gallery is something that, you know, you, you know, you're really like, this is like your goal. This is like what you want to do. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's tons and tons of, um, books that are, that are, that are written on, um, the business practices of art, you know, so I don't really have to get into like, you know, there's kind of stuff that, um, you know, for example, like if you're going to, um, submit your work to a gallery, make sure that you follow their submission guidelines. Like, you know, don't just like walk in and be like, here's my portfolio, you know, like, cause I mean, it, that can really put a gallerist on the spot and it can really, um, you know, it, it can turn them off and it can do the opposite of what you think that it's going to do. Right. Cause you're like, I'm awesome. And my art is awesome. Like here, love me, you know? And it just doesn't, it doesn't always, well, oftentimes it doesn't work that way, you know? So, um, you know, check, check the gallery's website, Oftentimes there will be um, a submission form. If there's not a submission form, then go ahead and email them. Look at their shows and the artists that they're representing currently. Does your work kind of fit within that, um, Mm -hmm. within that context? You know, like I wouldn't, you know, take um, my abstract art to like a gallery that specializes in, um, plein air landscapes, you know, that just, you know, the the door's already shut. (laughs) That's not what they, (laughs) that's like, not, that's like not what they show, you know? So, or, or, you know, don't take, you know, you're an emerging artist. Don't try to go to like a blue chip gallery, you know, like it, so it's kind of like, you know, navigating, um, where you may potentially fit, Mm -hmm. um, is a good first step. Um, and then, and then go ahead and reach out, 
you know, using um, the parameters that are usually set forth by the gallery for their practice of, um, you know, accepting submissions. So, um, but yeah, I mean, my, my, my overall is also, um, you know, think about alternative spaces. You know, I, my first show was in a coffee shop, you know, at Patterson, shout out to Patterson Perk. Big shout out, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of coffee, right. Um, Full and, circle, always. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I sold a bunch of people, uh, uh, pieces and I made like literally made friends that are like, I'm still friends with that. Like I made like having a show there. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, restaurants, um, offices, like, you know, your doctor, yeah. your dentist, you know, like th there are all these things that like people don't necessarily like think of, but like a lot of, a lot of, um, places would be happy to, to show your art. Um, yeah. do that so, yeah. due diligence. So, yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Do your, do your, uh, due diligence and, um, and, but don't also don't be discouraged because people are going to say, no, you're going to get doors shut in your face. You're going to have your friends not be excited about your artwork. <laughs> like I've experienced like all of those things, like, Hey, here's this thing I'm like really proud of. Okay, cool. But like, what are we doing Friday? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I may have been that, I've been on the receiving end and I may have been that friend that's like, uh, we all have, you know, we all have. And, um, you know, I guess, I guess my advice is to just like, don't, don't take it personally. Just keep on, keep it on, keep doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, eventually, um, you know, some good is gonna, some good is gonna happen for sure. It, it has keep to. Away. <laughs> so the last question that I have before we get into shameless plugs, yeah, uh, yeah. the real shameless plugs. Um, <laughs> So I, I realized I spelled this really Britishing, so that's that's odd. But oh. your favorite or most inspirational place in Baltimore? What comes to mind when I mention favorite or most inspirational? Uh, well, you know this is this is kind of cheesy, but I mean it's like I mean I thought I tried to think of like creative ways to like answer this, but like I'm just going to be truthful. I love Patterson Park. I live near Patterson Park. It's like my favorite place to go to like yeah. um I go there like literally like every day like I was there earlier like I have dogs too so um that helps every morning sure. yeah. <laughs> that that kind of you know um is a little bit of uh some impetus as well but um I love the pagoda I think the pagoda like what the first time I saw the Patterson like the pagoda in Patterson Park and for folks that um may you know maybe you don't live in Baltimore and you don't know um, it's this, uh, kind of Oriental style Victorian observatory that mm -hmm. was built in the late 1800s. I think it was, um, designed by Latrobe, mm -hmm. um, just as like an observation tower, like not really serving any other purpose rather than you can walk up it and look far. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's just like such a weird, like unique piece of, um, like Victorian architecture and the history of it, how, you know, it was like, you know, they, they were going to like tear it down in like the seventies or eighties. Um, you know, it just had, or maybe it was like a little bit longer ago than that, because I think it was restored in like the eighties or night. I, I, I can't remember. I'm not, not too swinging on the history of the Patterson Park Pagoda, but, um, yeah, it's just such a, 
a fascinating piece of architecture. So I've painted the pagoda like a dozen times. Like I just, I, I don't know. It's just, it's fun. Like I've, I've like gone there and painted it. I've painted from photos. I've painted, you know, one of my like starry night series, um, uh, paintings is of the pagoda. Um, so, um, so I really, I really love that, that area of Patterson, Patterson park, um, butcher's hill, like kind of like walking around. Um, I love the way that people kind of like do kitschy things in their like front, um, the front fronts of their houses. And, um, you know, so I just, I love like, I mean, I I just love like wandering around, um, looking at people's houses and (laughs) being a weirdo, like creeping in. (laughs) I mean, that's literally, yes, every morning for me. So part of that, that walk in the morning, I go to charm kitchen, I I get that and I creep past. It's like, what's your decoration still up for? That's that's months ago. Take that shit down. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Some of the, with the window gallery stuff, well, the, the window gallery stuff was like really cool. That was like back in, um, December. Did you get to see you know, like walk around and see, um, any of that, um, over in Butcher's Hill. Mm-mm. No, um, didn't really give it. I, I don't I think, think I really they, noticed it. You know, they didn't really do a great job. I think of like publicizing it. This was like the first, um, the first year that they did it. Um, and gosh, I forget the, the woman's name, Martha, uh, Stella dog, creations. Mm-hmm. She kind of put together this like walking tour in Butcher's Hill where people, um, made like little, uh, holiday window displays. So there was like a Google map and you could like, you know, take the, you know, your, your phone and, um, you know, walk around and check out all the little window displays. And it was, it was cute. It was a lot of fun. I hope, but you know, one of these are things that kind of like came out of the pandemic that I'm Mm -hmm. like, I hope we keep doing stuff like this. (laughs) I I agree. I agree. You know, Take advantage of that that creativity creativity that comes out on the other side of uh, something that like this that I think causes a a reset in many ways, and you get a chance to take an account of the kind of ordinary or the kind of small, but often yeah. I think because it's small because it's ordinary, it gets lost just through just through time, just through it gets yeah. ravaged by time. Right, right. So that's kind of it. So any plugs website, where can he, where can he pull up, you know, all of that good stuff? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so I have two, uh, two websites. So I have, um, and they both kind of riff off of each other. So if you only remember one, um, and not the other, they both kind of point to each other. <laughs> so, um, the first is, uh, night gallery. And the second is bethannwilson.com. And, um, so the bethanwilson.com obviously is more, um, you know, my portfolio, my blog, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And then obviously the night owl dot gallery is, um, having to do more with like the gallery itself, events that we're having, uh, community events that we're involved in virtual events that we're hosting, um, all those kinds of things. So check it out. That sounds great. Social media real quick, just, just in case. Um, I'm Betty Pates on Instagram and night underscore owl underscore gallery also on Instagram. And, um, there are links in the bio to like all, 
everything else. <laughs> well, there. there we go. Um, so I want to again, thank you for coming on to the podcast. This has been great. It's been informative. Oh, it's been my pleasure. And, you know, like I said, you know, I was, uh, you know, I know you were joking about it being an honor, but like, it, it really is, you know, I think that you're doing good things. And um, I, I know that you're going to continue to do good thank things you. and the community needs this for sure. Thank you. Um, that's what I'm here to do. So, uh, for, for Beth Ann Wilson, I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it.